Hello and welcome to 10,000 Hours. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Spanier. I'm your other host, Vince Kochi. Today's episode 29, we're talking with Chris Armstrong of uh, NICE, that's two eyes. N-I-I-S-E. N-I-I-I-N-I-I-C-E. .co, nice.co, definitely worth checking out before the episode. Pause it quick, check it out, we're back. And uh, basically it's like a, it's like sort of a, it's a very Pinterest-y, very design inspiration y That's an aggregator, yeah. It's an aggregator, and it's a cool tool that has that kind of like uh, found its way into my workflow, and so we reached out to this guy and ended up having like such an incredible conversation. Really a great hour of talk, and... With a great accent. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was totally relevant, of course, to his platform. You know, it's this aggregator of inspiration. And and when we're talking about inspiration, it's hard not to talk about you know, like deviation or, or remixing. And so what we talked with Chris about was the remix culture. Absolutely. And where does inspiration end and borrowing begin and where does borrowing end and stealing begin (laughs) yeah exactly exactly but but in a very real sense how do you use the inspiration that you borrow from other people's work to create something that's your own and how do you defend this remix as its own creative entity or do you have to defend it and just the, the questions that arise because of this remix culture. Yeah, it's a it's a fine line between stealing, between plagiarism, between inspiration, and it's also tying really nicely into creativity as a whole and constraints and a fine line and, and not a straight line either. That's crooked. It's so crooked. <laughs> well, not crooked like you know, like he's a crook, but like you know, it's crooked. It's jagged. That's a better yeah, word. Exactly. Mick jagged. <laughs> I went for it there, and. When I'm thinking about Nice, the thing I love about it is that it's a tool that I can use to make my process better. It gets, honestly, like research out of the way. It gets me, uh, often how I use it is just sort of like scrolling through particular genres or themes or keywords or colors to just mm. get my brain firing. And so it's a tool that I really value. And another tool that I value especially here, yeah. especially on the podcast, yes, both of us can attest. Is, is Simplecast. Um, which is a product from Mr. Josh Long out in out North Carolina. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, who also runs a school called Patterns, which is worth checking out. Um, but I, you get a lot, I get a lot of people who come to me in different disciplines who are either, I mean, it's kind of an amateur thing, I get it, but they're always asking about the tools. What are the tools? What camera do you shoot with? You know, that's like the classic yeah, photographer for question, sure, for right? Sure. And with podcasting, just don't get caught up. If you want to start a podcast, Simplecast makes it so easy to just start just do a it. podcast. Honestly, it's like as easy as that. It removes all the barriers. I think they have a 14-day free trial, uh, and we stuck on, and we've stuck on for six, and seven, we are very happy eight. We How did. long have we been doing this thing, man? It's nine, nine months now. Oh, my God. nine God. months now. Yeah. Whew. Quick salute to nine months. And we see, yeah, there's, no, there's no sound effect for the salute unless we had like a 21 gun salute. Yeah. Maybe if we edit, if the, you heard gunshots, we edit that in after. Um, but yeah, so definitely worth checking out, especially if you want to if you want to try podcasting. Uh, go to simplecast.com, sign up for a free trial if you're going to do it, and honestly, shoot us an email. Like I'd, I'd be happy to throw you a few tips for getting started because. I mean, I would say we've learned a few things the last nine learned months. Learned a thing or fifty. A about thing or fifty. Podcasting, yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Simplecast, for your sponsorship this show, and thank you, Chris Armstrong, for joining us all the way from Ireland, and thank you, listeners, 
for listening to this episode. First Irish cast. It is, yeah. I think hopefully that's, not the last though. That's it was probably a great time. that's probably the simple cast uh, in Ireland. It's just called Irish cast. <laughs> I don't think that's true. It's not. Enjoy episode twenty nine with Chris Armstrong of Nice Remix Culture. Oh, I was hoping we'd do it at the same time in sync. I was just letting you go. Damn it. Okay. Enjoy. Du bist ein Wichser. Ein Wichser? Du bist ein Schlampe. Oh my god. No, This is a family show. Du bist Thanks, man. For those at home who don't speak German, well? uh, Schlampe means slut or skank. <laughs> hey, and... bro. This is one of those things. It's like you, you say like a dirty joke on a kid's show and then like... You just let it slide? Yeah, because nobody... You don't my have... bad, my bad. Oh, maybe we can edit that out. So Vince, Grant, I'm super curious, uh, as I often am, what you're putting your time into. Seems like you ask me this like <laughs> once a week, at least. <laughs> uh, busy at Yamamoto, my agency, this week and and the last few weeks really. Uh, and this week, I am working on uh, the client that I've talked to you about before, Excelsior Brewing Company. They're a startup brewery here in Minneapolis, actually the metro area, beers the town of Excelsior. Yes. Uh, and they're having an Oktoberfest party, uh, so we're planning that, which is a lot of fun because I get to use the the little bit of German that I still remember uh-huh. from when I used to be semi-fluent and uh, try to weave it into bastardized headlines. Du bist ein Wichser. Ein Wichser? Du bist ein Schlampe. Oh, my god! No, du bist schön. This is a family show. Du bist schön, du bist schön. <laughs> Thanks, man. For those at home who don't speak German, well, uh, schlampe means slut or skank. Hey, and, bro. <laughs> this is one of those things. It's like you, you say like a dirty joke on a kid's show and then like... You just let it slide? Yeah, because nobody... You don't my have, bad, my bad. Oh, maybe we can edit that out. <laughs> anyway, it's kept me really busy. And of course, uh, new business uh, acquisition, Samsung printing division, also keeping me busy. Got him. The office is rolling lately. Grant... What has kept you busy When you said lately? that, I was just picturing your office like like a cruise ship Titanic style, just like <laughs> pitching. The and office like... <laughs> is sinking lately. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just meant like, okay. Uh, well, at the risk of dating this, it's production week, so we're shooting, uh, we're shooting in a few days times. here. Super exciting. Also, you know, somewhat stressful, but ultimately exciting. So I'm doing a lot of prep, going on a scout right after this uh, to a couple locations. Oh, cool, man. Very excited. <sighs> Speaking of excited, we're excited to have this, this particular photo. Yeah. Um, so our guest today is Nice. Okay, I got one pun out of the way. One nice yeah, pun it's... out of the way. Now, he's the founder of Nice, which is, uh, well, I'm going to describe it as a, mm, a visual aggregator. Um, yes, yeah. That's, that's my description. I'd love to hear what he has to say about it. But uh, our guest today comes from Belfast. From Ireland. From Ireland. Uh, Across the pond. Mr. Mr. Chris Armstrong. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's late over there, and uh, I'm excited to talk to someone from from across the sea. God, I'm so tempted to make, like, 
like it's a wee bit late or like top like it's almost <laughs> top of the morning jokes but oh i'm not going to see i didn't do the it the willpower so. is impressive thank man. you don't me to just go potato 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 <laughs> All right, good. We're, it's out of my system. It's out yeah, of my system. Nice. All right. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just try and fit potato into everything. I <laughs> okay, Chris, could you start us off and just tell us kind of what you're putting your time into, what you're working on right now? Uh, mostly nice. Um, I spent last year kind of doing a lot of consultancy work for different startups uh, here in Ireland. It's, it's kind of design, design and UI work. Um, but since I'm working on nice on the side, just as a side project. Uh, but sort of since the, since the new year, really, uh, I've been trying to focus more and more on nice and give more and more of time to it and see what I can see if I can turn it into something. Um, so it's pretty much full time. Now I've maybe got a day a week or half a day. Um, a few clients and different mm-hmm. folks out with stuff, but it's most nice is taking up most of my time at the moment. Could you explain to our listeners what nice is? Uh, <laughs> if you can. It, yeah, I mean it's, it's it's funny, I literally had a meeting today um with, with a guy I'm trying to get uh, I'm gonna get a copywriter to try and help me with this thing because it was kinda I did a big brain dump of everything the product is and then i'm kind of asking him to explain to me what my product is um, <laughs> in nicer words because that's it's really hard yeah uh, so someone said recently it's, it's easier to create value than it is to communicate value <laughs> um, that's on point actually that's like really that was I, I should i should quote that was david hughes david he's hughes. a typecast he's Shut a up. smart guy good work good work david hughes. um well it's, it's also kind of him. like it's also kind of like you can create something and you have a vision for what it's going to be used for, but especially something like this, which is very much a tool. It's like you yeah. you don't want to like you don't want to categorize it too much because it's like, well, no, this is just like a thing that people could use in so many different ways. And right, but you, you need to have a focus yourself. Oh, for sure. I mean, for me, oh, yeah. for me, uh, what I think I can do with my and I should preface this by saying. It was the original version of Nice was created in a week. It was designed and built in a week mm-hmm. um, back in February 2013. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like I had any grand vision or clever research for it. It was literally done on gut instinct, just what I thought would be cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and it seemed to work. It kind of for some reason, something about it seemed to resonate with people. And since then, I've kind of been trying to figure out, okay, well, why is it useful to people? What are they using it for? And developing it from that. But mm-hmm. initially, no, nah, it was just something threw together with Pete Hawkins' help, um, and it just seemed to work. It was kind of scratch my own niche to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, as a like, like you said before, about it being a bit of an ag- aggregator, yeah. um, a way to get rid of that troll of when, you, I don't know about you guys, when I get a, a brief, excuse me, um, one of the first things I'll do is I just go and look for ideas, look for that general t- inspiration, and so Absolutely. on. Absolutely, the intake so, phase for sure. The intake, yeah, the grazing phase. <laughs> um, and so you go through four or five different websites to do that, mm-hmm. and it can t- it can take a long time. Um, yeah. and it can be a so bit tedious, the, right? It can be a bit tedious. It's it's weird. It's an enjoyable thing at the same time to you know look at pretty stuff. Um, but yeah. It, it can become a bit of it's a, a troll. Ra- it's a rabbit hole sometimes too that you just end up yeah. winding down and down. And so I think I guess for some more context for people, um, how I would describe it, and, and I actually use Nice like almost every day. 
Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So, and I've seen I've seen it come a, a ways too. I don't know when I first started using it, but I've seen the improvements and like the better searchability and the boards and sort of the things you've added. So I guess to me, nice is is reminiscent of design inspiration with a little bit more intentionality and more functionality. It seems like I guess at least to me, right? Um, well, I mean, it searches across design inspiration too. It should be ex- well, exactly. A lot of the good stuff on there is because of Design Inspiration yeah. and these other great sites. Yeah. Um, and, and that was intentional too, you know, that, I mean, there's plenty of sites out there doing a fantastic job of curating content sure. um, mm-hmm. and, and having these, building up these communities around them. And that's, you know, building a community is a very difficult thing to do. Um, it is. It is indeed. Yeah. And so... I don't want nice to be something that you know competes with those guys. I want to be it to be something that really supports those guys that are doing a great job. Um, and so it, I'm trying to build something that sure. kind of works on top of all those things and, and helps helps people come across sites they wouldn't have come across otherwise. Totally. Um, so not only just saving time by yeah, helping them search the five regardless or, or six like, sites they would have done. Yeah, those are anyway. those are sites I've definitely looked through in when I'm doing design work, and I now go to Nice to like search through them. Like I I would for the most part I wouldn't go to a Design Inspiration or I mean again, and I know you don't want to be com- yeah. competitive. I will end up on Design Inspiration through right. Nice now, um, right. oftentimes. But now Nice is sort of the one that like aggregates it for me. Yeah. Well, and and from the beginning, that's been part of the design of it too. That the the main action on every image has been to click through to the source. Yeah. Sites. So the traffic's always going. And we actually have had several sources tell us we're sending them more traffic than Pinterest. Wow. Which is wow, kind of that's great. Ridiculous because we have nowhere near the same kind of traffic ourselves as Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know, it shows that it's working. And so, I, and that that's good because the sources like us. Then. Yeah. Um, for the most part, important. Um, I say for the most part, all the sources that are on there at the moment like us um, because I, you know, I ask permission obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. to add them. Um, but quite a lot of them are now. We get a lot of people now asking, "Can they be added?" Uh, which is nice as well. Um, so yeah, initially that's what it was. It was a way to quickly search across a bunch of sites in one place and kind of try to create an instant mood board almost with a search keyword keyword mm-hmm. um so you can type in logos and you get a face full of inspiration mm-hmm. around logos yeah um and trying to almost manufacture serendipity a little a little <laughs> bit in that the fact that the layout's random and the images are all jammed together mm-hmm. um it's beautiful the goal, the goal well there is, is to take the attention off any one image jammed together because Ultimately, the goal for Nice is to help people get ideas, help them be more creative. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to do with Nice is build a tool to help people get ideas, totally, and then communicate those ideas with their team and with clients and so on. That's where the mood board stuff comes in. Well, I think but, in that regard, it's certainly, I think, been successful so far. I think that's the just I get from it when I look at it. It's not like it's definitely not a, a pinpoint search sort of mechanism right it's a means of gathering a, a swath of inspiration a swath i like that <laughs> you will you no, will. A- absolutely i, I, think I will that, i will that leads that leads really good or uh, really well into our topic today um just because when we're when we're looking at nice when i'm looking at pinterest at design inspiration at at anything yep. in that sort of realm and i mean even dribble but and, and just like thinking about 
about designers and ideas and creatives, uh, you know, sharing work, looking at each other's work, getting inspired by it, pulling from different resources. And eventually building off of that work. Absolutely. New work. Right. Yeah. And so, and of course, you know, there's this idea that like everything's a remix and, yep. and everything's a, an inspiration of a reference. Of, yeah. 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 Like straight theft. Uh-huh. Of another idea. <laughs> Originality is dead, but is it? I don't know. Right. So, so basically we're, we're using that as the umbrella for our topic today, which is remix culture. Yeah. Right. And so I guess, I think even to just start us off, I'd love to hear, hear your thoughts on that or, or just on the idea of, cause I mean, it sounds like the tool you've built is is like how I use it, and um, in your eyes, it's how I use it, and it's also like there is also a very fine line that that exists, and I'm right. sure yep. we'll dance around that. But between you know looking at these things and then mimicking them or deconstructing them or you know what is remixing, them. yeah, exactly. Right. So I got. It. I, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I didn't. I hadn't read this before. I designed nice, but afterwards I came across this book called A Technique for Producing Ideas, mm. um, which I had a really thin, we'll you know, s- small book to read. Um, you can blow through it in an hour or so. Uh, it's by a guy called James Webb Young, who was like an ad guy in the 60s. Ooh, um, nice. I, fantastic book. And it's, it's all around this idea, this premise of, okay, how do we create ideas? You know, Is it this messy, unpredictable thing, or is there a technique, a process you can go whereby you can kind of come up with ideas on demand almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, it all kind of centers on, the basic concept is that an idea is the product of combining two existing but unrelated ideas. So new ideas come from taking two previous ideas that weren't related and making a connection between them. Sure. And that's where you'll get a new idea. Yeah. And Classic. for me, that kind of resonated. That kind of lined up with how I'd find myself working because I know for myself, um, whenever I tried to just look at a blank page, you know, and just come up with a design on demand, just blank from a blank slate, I got nowhere. Um, but when I started, I kind of learned this back in university, you know, if I tried to just be a genius and come up with something out of nowhere, I didn't get very far. But if I looked, if I looked for inspiration and in, in things and said, "Well, I like the color palette of that," and you know, that aesthetic combined with you know this font and that color yeah, palette yeah. and this layout, um, someone said to me, "You know, if you take three things, if you take a, a logo, or sorry, not not logo, if you take a a layout from one piece of piece of work and." you know, take the f- a font choice from another piece of work and take a color palette from another piece of work and try to combine them together, you can't help but make it your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you you will, and, and there's a real skill in bringing the pieces together. And so the thing that is created, even though it's created out of kind of existing ideas, it will be new. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I'm I'm anxious to hear Grant's reaction to this as well. I I would agree with everything you're saying 100%, but it's not necessarily the commonplace opinion. It's, this is kind of a divisive topic in the creative community, that of idea ownership and when does borrowing become more than just inspiration. And I right. think some might argue that taking the logo from one and combining it with a 
color palette of another is more than just inspiration. I myself find myself thinking recreation and reinstitution of ideas takes at least just as much skill as the, I mean, the person who came up with the idea in the first place did essentially the same thing to more right. or less an abstract degree. Right. Grant, I, I, where do you, where sorry, do you, go ahead. oh yeah, sorry about that. Where do you fall on that issue? Well, it's, it's sort of interesting because like you get, I think, <laughs> I think the idea has sort of been romanticized in some ways, but I think it's misunderstood. Um, I think a lot of people will use a quote like a Pablo, uh, Pablo Picasso quote, like, yeah. you know, steal it. And, and then like an Austin Kleon book, like steal like an artist. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like, I think what those people fail to understand is like on the next level that it's not, it's not like, it doesn't mean like, Oh, all the great artists are just plagiarists, you know? No. And I mean, a lot of the greats, all the people I admire, even like, I think of like a Wes Anderson will, will almost shy away and he'll talk about that. Just shots he takes and things. But but the I think where the big 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 difference comes is is it's a little bit it's a little bit soft when we like well what are the exact differences because there's not objective there's no you know line. but I think it's just like the level of crafts, craftsmanship almost of the of the person doing it and of course that's not you know again that's not like hard and fast but it's just like you. <laughs> If they're bringing their own level of craftsmanship to it, right. I just I find there's a difference, and I, I guess well, I, I kind of for me it boils down to how much do you bring to it? Yeah, um, and I think that if you're if you take uh, you know if your job is to come come up with a color palette and you just you know that that's all the job is come up with a color palette and you just lift a color palette from somewhere else. Then there's no real, there's no, you haven't really done anything. Mm -hmm. You have literally taken some work that someone else has done and applied it to, just lifted it and placed it in another thing. Now, if you're taking the color palette, if your job is to come up with a brand and you're using someone else's color palette as inspiration, as an input, but there's also typeface and so, you know, when you're bringing three or four different things together, The act of bringing those things together in a way that works and is appropriate for the project at hand, I mean, there's not, that's not a a little amount of skill required. There's Uh, a lot of skill required. I'm totally agreed. And it takes a lot of work to do something like that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with going, you know what, this component of this other project um, is appropriate, would be appropriate to be, you know, to feed into this component in yeah. my project. Um, but I'm still going to have to do a lot of work to make it work. And just lifting it carbon copy from the other project, more often than not, isn't going to work and it's going to do you, yourself a disservice anyway. Yeah, well, and, and then I guess the big question there, I'm actually totally agreed with you, and that is that was going to be the point I was, I was about to jump into, which is like, well, how many sources do you have? Because I feel like the person who steals from one source is like, is a little pathetic because right. that is just plagiarism. But stealing from many sources is sort of a new a new combinational creativity. But my right. question, my, my point was there is that it depends on on the end product though. You know, if I lift if I lift four distinct things from four distinct places and it's recognizable, I think that is not very impressive. And I think that's a lot right. closer to what we would call plagiarism. But really, I guess there there is another point that I would like to make is that. Um, the level of skill in, I don't want to say masking, but I guess in, in remixing, you know, like yeah. seeing people's inspiration and seeing where it came from 
that's okay, you know. But if you if it's so recognizable to the original source, that just takes you out of it, whether that's a film right. or whether that's a logo. And I think that just ruins it. I mean, right. it, so you're, yeah. So you're doing a bad job anyway. Yeah, that, yeah. It's just shitty. Case. It's just shitty work. So exactly. if it, yeah, so I I think I think it was that's when I say how much of yourself is in it, or maybe not yourself, but also how much have you allowed the unique needs and demands of the project you're working, the problem you're trying to solve, feed into things. Um, if you don't, if you, if you just lift stuff from another project, then there are going to be bits where you're trying to squeeze a square peg into a round hole. And um, where it's just, it, it, there are going to be pieces of the other project of the, the thing that you've stolen that are inappropriate for mm-hmm. the problem you're trying to solve. Um, and so, yeah, you're going to, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot anyway. Um, yes. There's a great example of uh, you know Eric Speakerman. Yeah, yeah. Type, type typographer. Designer. Yeah. Um, don't steal number... sheep, man. <laughs> Sorry. I said don't steal sheep. Yeah, that guy. Um, I read that book in uni and did not get it at all. Uni. Um, <laughs> I, I read but... it in call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I love type now. But when I was in, funny when I was studying graphic design in uni, I just didn't get it. Same, much. same. It was like my first, <laughs> my only design class I ever took was we read that book, and I was like, "The fuck is this guy talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I still don't really get the title. Anyway, yeah, yeah. We're, um, good, we're good. But he, I remember hearing him talk about uh, how he designs a typeface, and if if it's a case where a client has asked him to design a typeface that is basically this other typeface yeah um what he'll do is study that type spend a day just looking at that typeface just spend a day examining it getting to know it and then the next day he'll draw it from memory and as he puts it he can't help it will be different even if he tries to draw it exactly as he remembers it it's going to be different because he's a different person and because there's different influences and, and so on. Uh, and so that's where he's, you know, by not tracing the typeface, by doing it from memory, he's making room for his own Hand, skills his own voice, and ability yeah. and influences. See, I love that example because it, it illustrates a point for me that I think kind of highlights just how, I don't, I don't want to say ridiculous, but people who take a hard line stance on the fact that, I never even lift things to recombine them from other sources. Like I only come up with original work. See that that literally cannot be true. Right? <laughs> it can't be true either. Because even the act of like studying the classics or reading up on your discipline, that is integrating at least grains yeah. and strands yeah. of influence into your work. You can't there's no sense in trying to be a hundred percent completely original yeah. because First of all, it's an unnecessary limitation from a common sense perspective, yeah. and second of all, it's impossible to do. Well, when I when I was in school um, before yeah. university, oh, when before I was still uni. kind of figuring out what it is I like primary doing, school, and all that. is that what you guys call it? Uh, primary school, school is like until you're eleven, and then high school or grammar school until oh, nice. you're seventeen, eighteen. Um, so grammar school, and you know, I was decent at art and stuff and started doing graphic designy things although I didn't really know that's what they were you know know, I didn't know about graphic design as a thing um but you know like designing brochures in art and layouts and in technology that kind of thing and back then I wasn't trying I didn't think of myself as a graphic designer I was just trying to make something that looked professional that that was my aim 
was sure. to make something that looked professional. So I was, I was ripping off left, right, and center. You know, just <laughs> I, I, ripping off. I was in, I was, you know, I was looking at getting inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking at things that to me look professional and trying to figure out, okay, well, how can I make something that looks like that? What you know, is it the way they're using lines or fonts mm-hmm. or, or whatever? Um, and then I got to university as a you know I was studying graphic design and first year I was terrible because I thought now oh I'm a designer now and that's when I thought right well you know I uh, I'm come I need to come up with this stuff myself because I'm yeah. creative and, yeah, and so, so on creative. and that was that was my phase of doing staring at a blank page and just trying to come up with something <laughs> I was terrible I just find for myself maybe it's just that I'm not that good a designer but I I find that you know what when I stopped trying to be original and just tried to come up with good stuff again as in you know by whatever means necessary by looking at other stuff that i liked and trying to analyze well, what it, what about that feels right i came up with better stuff yeah for me so, so that, that was my experience and um, I, th- I think your your experience isn't unique in that we've talked we talk a lot about like people who who ask um i don't how where do i get started how do i get started and we always we always come back to this idea where it's like Oh, first you need to like understand the masters or you should research, you know, the history of your thing. And oftentimes it comes down to like deconstructing original pieces and trying to recreate them yourselves, as you were saying, reconstruction. And, and I think that's just, that is just standard fare. Like that is how you start to figure out how things are put together. And that is how you get your, your mind thinking a different way. And what I was just going to say was, um, just like looking at inspiration for me start sort of just like gets gets the are they the neurons the neurons firing yeah they yeah are. it gets those yeah. neurons firing also like something I'll do if I'm stuck on a logo project and I do a lot of sketching but mm-hmm. like that's not I don't frankly I don't design logos in my notebook I design like sort of right. maybe rough elements but I'm quicker on the computer and I I just I prefer it um, yeah but uh, what I'll do is I'll just take a piece that I like something I find. And it might be completely unrelated to the thing I'm working on, and I'll just try and recreate it. And yeah. I find that in the act of doing that, I start to learn more about like about either tools or about like oh oh this is this is the strategy here for to give this depth. And then I have to like force myself to make it, and then that starts to lend a whole nother thing. It sort of like quiets your brain, and it just like you're just sort of doing that thing. Yeah. Um, there's there's a great quote by Paul Rand that I love, which is "Don't try to be original, just try to be good." Yeah. And I think you, you, you can fall into that trap of wanting to be original, wanting to do something because it's because you want to be a genius. Mm-hmm. But like, I was looking at um, this is going to sound very high fluting, but I, I was looking at Mondrian the research and Mondrian. Is that how you pronounce them? You know the old the painter dude that did the square coloured square paintings. Super high fluting now. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. really you're high art expertise, my friend. Ah, yeah. uh, yes, one um, of the greats, one of my favorites. But uh, <laughs> I was looking him up because I figured I could maybe create like a – I tinker all the time at stupid little things on code pen and stuff. And I yeah. made this little generator to try and come up with a Mondrian painting using masonry. And Anyway. Oh, nice. Um, but his first paintings were, you know, like the other. He, he was just a really good painter initially. And then he started looking into Impressionism or, or whatever it was at the time. Again, my art history is a bit fuzzy. Yeah. And, you know, he, yes, he came up with this really original, unique style, but it took years and it, it evolved over time. And you can see it looking at his work. You can see how more and more he kind of felt his way towards it. And he started out with paintings that weren't unlike 
what other people were doing, were very like what other people were doing, and then evolved towards this this new thing. Um, and I, I think with, you know, I, I kind of look at that and think, well, over time he learned to put more and more of himself into it, um, and it became more unique. And I think with art, yeah, it's very important that it's you're putting yourself into it. With design, it's more important that you're putting uh, the needs of the project and how the problem you're trying to solve into the solution as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, well, there's a, with with time with time constraints when you're because you know, the, the problem here is when you're doing this as a living, you're given a brief, you've got a certain amount of time to come up with a solution, and so that's where the temptation comes from, I guess, to just to just steal is well, there's a perfectly good solution right there. Why don't I just use that? Um, but the fact is that it's not a good, it's a good, maybe a good solution for what it was created for. But if you're just going to slam, you know, cop, copy and paste it into the problem you're trying to solve, it almost certainly isn't going to be a good solution. There may be components and parts of it that are useful. Yeah. But if it's taking, if the, if you're not letting the problem well, you're trying to solve I mean, take up space, it's, it's yeah, that got confusing. You know what I mean? No, no, no. You're you're kind of getting at the idea that it's like, um, and actually, uh, we we did a podcast recently with the guys from OMFG Co. and out in Portland. Yeah, out in Portland, really fucking talented dudes. And something they say, uh, and and something that they really live is like, it's easy to make things look pretty. It's hard to make things that matter. And I right. think I think that's the idea you're getting at. It's like it's not. It's really. Well, I don't say it's not that hard to make pretty things, but like I think you know, for even for. Uh, I think for either of us, we could probably hop into a graphics program and make something look pretty good, pretty quick, right? right? Well, but, that, that comes that comes from taste. Well, and that's, that was going to be my next point was like that is what I think your tool really the the huge benefit of that and the huge benefit of any of these things is that it develops taste and more and more I would say the last like three four months that's something that's really been on my mind is that like good taste is a really actually a hard thing to develop right. and so that's a huge thing that I feel like I can bring to a project for it's people a rare yeah. talent is oh heck yes. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it. I don't think talent's the right word for it. Cause I, I don't Skill. I was, it's a muscle. I mean, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't believe I was born with any taste. Honestly, like when it comes to anything, well, you're Irish. Well, okay, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, well, I was, I'm yeah, just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, I was born without any taste. Um, and when you know, when I went to university and stuff, I had to study graphic design. Had no clue about topography, and you know, topography especially is one of those things that nobody is born with a taste. Yeah, of no way. Like, in, right? <laughs> yeah, you can be like visually inspired, but I mean, come on. <laughs> right. You, you know, so th- these are things that you have to develop and acquire a taste for, if you like. But <laughs> yeah. No, like, does anybody like last... get? Is anybody who's born like really love olives or like really? Lo- I guess you can, maybe you do, but like I would say, really love like beer or like. Coffee. Or well, whatever. okay, maybe right. some people do. Right, but... you, you acquire these things. Yeah, and but when you get good taste in something, you can't you can't abide things that are less than your taste in that thing, which you know can lead to snobbery and so on. But when it comes to design, it's useful for us because we can't help but create mm-hmm. stuff that is better than what our clients would produce themselves or whatever because we have better taste. We've, we've spent years studying this stuff and not only do we have better taste, but we also have figured out what tricks help us get something that meets that taste, uh, that level of taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and bringing, just bringing good taste to a project just gives it that level of quality. 
mm-hmm. um, that whatever you produce is going to be better looking aesthetically than what they would have done otherwise or what yeah. someone else would have done with someone with lesser taste. Having said that, like you, like you say, so it, that, mean, that means that, yeah, whatever we produce, it's going to look good. After a while, once you get to a certain level, whatever you create, it's going to look good. But that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't that, mean it's like that was, good. That was what I said. I, I said that yesterday to a client. Uh, I was less like, like, because we were discussing, I'm doing an identity project for a startup here. And he was soliciting feedback from a lot of people. And I said, like, because he's the founder of the company. And I was just like, listen, I mean, you kind of have to, like, take a take a stance. You need to trust me to listen no matter what we come up with i'm not going to let us come up with something that's not really good looking the point right. is we want to make something that communicates with our audience they, that is like uh that that tells the audience about the idea of it that is visually attractive but like yeah. you got to make a call and you need to be able to represent the vision of the company but just don't worry we're going to make it look really good because i won't let us make anything look yeah. bad <laughs> yeah yeah for sure that's that. That's the thing. Yeah, that you can you can take that as a default. It's going to look good. The main concern is making sure that it's an appropriate solution that is solving the problem you're setting out to solve. And and something I find it because I, I I don't think um, in fact I know I'm not the best UX designer in the world. You know when it comes to coming up with a really clear user journey and all that kind of stuff and thinking really logically through stuff, that's really not my skill. <laughs> um, but I get away with a lot because I can make stuff look pretty. <laughs> that's another honestly man i tell that to a, a lot of aspiring copywriters i'm like listen the best thing you can do right now is probably to just go find a good designer because i a lot of really shit ideas and like coming out of school if they have great design around them they feel like they're really good ideas Absolutely. <laughs> right i cannot stress enough as a writer who relies completely on designers and art direction every single day to make my ideas yeah. even survive the first round of cuts. Yeah. Like the it's profound the difference even between me writing a headline on a blank piece of paper and me writing right. a headline on a blank piece of paper in a specific font with a small yeah. illustration next to it. Like a hand sketch that took three seconds to do. Yeah. The survivability goes through the roof. Well, I guess so, yeah. It, the idea there is like presentation is everything, right? Yeah, it, it, it matters. Presentation matters more than it should, yeah. I think. It's, it's because, think... We're, because we're humans and we're superficial. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just the way it is. You know, it, it's, it's not fair. But at the same time, I think it's a bit of a blessing because it relates back to what we're talking about today is that if you can take ideas that have already been had in some capacity and present them in a new refreshing way that is something worthwhile because perception is so important well and and that i guess again again i guess we're getting back to the idea i was just thinking about like if i was to take a film that exists and redo it what am i taking i'm taking the essence of the idea but i'm just presenting it differently and that's still a valid piece of work absolutely valid right well there's 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 only what seven basic stories is well allegedly allegedly you know and like you know star wars was just a bunch of old war films Right. in space etc I mean, the 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 raw number of seven is like a farce but the idea is sound in that there's right there's only so many things about the world that you can remark on but yeah. the way well, in which you remark on them is can be infinitely different but also is part of this not that people overvalue ideas 
yeah. over execution. I, was, and I, 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 have, I have 20 ideas a day. Yeah, you know, yeah. Most of them are rubbish, but you know, ideas are not a problem. <laughs> I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that Chris. Even when you were talking about um, about starting your thing, and you're like, well, you know, I didn't have any market, blah blah. And again, to to jump back to the same startup that I'm talking about right now, has all this market research, all these ideas, all these all this thing. And I was just like, I was like, honestly, you're overthinking it. And and I think maybe right. you know, a year and a half or like a year or two years ago, I was so on that level of like everything needs to be perfectly thought out. Right. It needs to be perfectly strategic. And it's like, no, you know what? Fuck that. Yeah. And, and also, that doesn't mean to say that we should just like make things pretty because that's an execution. No. But it does mean stop getting so attached to things that like have not been tested or that, you know, I mean, yeah. art is one thing, but I think especially with design stuff, it's a different type of art and you need to like get used to like testing your art. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, so someone's, point. Someone said it was John Gruber quoted them. I can't remember who he said it originally, but ideas are a, are a multiplier of execution. Yeah. So, yes, a better idea will go farther than a bad idea if they're both executed equally well. But at so the end a of the day, the ex- worst idea executed much better will appear to be that much better. Right. And I think too. Again, there's a Steve Jobs quote about. Um, people thinking that ideas come out fully formed and you know, yeah. you're 80% of the way there when you have the idea and it's just a matter of doing it. When the doing it is made up of a thousand more ideas, yeah. putting it together and making it appropriate and making it an appropriate solution for whatever problem you're trying to solve is really flipping hard. Well, it's, it's and, so true. I get so the sense. There's, there's, I get... there's so many more ideas and little decisions that need to be made that along the line that it's, again, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it right, if you take three things as inspiration, the thing you end up with can't help but be different because the act of trying to put them together, mm-hmm. um, and that's assuming that it's the right thing, that they're the, the three right ideas. You know, you'll, There's so much more to it than just the initial spark. Totally. I, you know, I was just thinking, and you've been like really like on the same wavelength with me, like jumping right to where my head was going. Um, but, but, and I was going to say, it seems like I get the sense that we're both very iterative in our approaches. Yeah. And, and when you're iterative in your approach, um, you, you realize that this is just one, one decision that will send us in a direction where we will be making a myriad of other decisions. And so for us to get too caught up in a decision that is 20 yeah. steps away, it's just, it's, it's almost not relevant, it's even silly. though it can be, you know, it's, it's just like, uh, I, I think about this uh, music video that I'm, that I'm directing right now. It's like, basically what I tried to say was, um, in the same sense that we were talking about, Hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to make something that looks good. Trust me to do that is let's just make a decision to work together. And then let's just start to make the smaller decisions on the way and have a general roadmap and, and just knowing that, Hey, at the end of the day, this is going to be a good thing because I won't not make a good thing. Not that I'm incapable or infallible. You know, I can't, I can't fail, but just like, yeah, but you know, you develop a certain sense of taste and then you know that your thing is going to live up to that because you won't. You won't sleep if, until it does. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you're you're going to make it. Every time you touch it, you're going to improve it in some yeah. way. Um, so you just need to sp- put the time in. And that that isn't something that came naturally to me at all. I'm a lazy git, really, by nature. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, my friend. <laughs> I, I like to do things once and get it, you know, and, and get it perfect. I used to spend like an art at school. I used to spend a week on one drawing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great story. I don't know whether it's true or not, but it's a great illustration of this uh, ceramics teacher had a class and split the class at the beginning of the term. Said, "Okay, uh, Group A, you guys are going to be marked. You guys are going to 
be marked on one pot at the end of the year than the quality of that one pot. And group B, you're going to be marked on the number of pots you make. So group A, you need to make one, just, you can do as many as you like, but you only need to make one really good one. Group B, you just need to make as many as you can. Um, and the story goes that, you know, group B, yes, they made more pots, but also every last one of them was better than any of the ones that group A did because mm-hmm. they spent all their time fiddling around with this one thing and weren't really learning, weren't really practicing the craft. Um, whereas just by doing a lot of it, group B got better. Word. That's, that's fantastic. I think that was like a psychology experiment too. I swear there's been like some, 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 no, some parallel experiments <laughs> yeah. that I've heard of. Probably never happened. Almost certainly a lot of talk. No, that oh, happened. Yeah. No. Did we say a lot of talk? in my heart, Chris. <laughs> okay, so Chris, you're coming to us, you're... I was gonna say you're six hours away, but no, you're six hour six time zones away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how. Have you have you ever been to the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Nice. Um, ever been to been, Minneapolis? Never been to Minneapolis. Wow. I, I think I might have a cousin lives there. Look at that! Um, a great opportunity to come visit. It's yeah, actually a great. Uh, is Minneapolis community. the one that's up near the Canadian border? Yep. Pretty well. Yeah. Um, Relatively. Relatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I, I, you know, it's like an inch away on the map. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Close, <laughs> okay, um, so that's a bit of a bit of a segue into talking uh, about our off-topic topics. Every week we do a little bit of a little bit of an in-between. We're gonna switch up the conversation, and this week's off-topic topic is airplanes. Airplanes. Yes. Riding in them, talking about them, crashing. Do you, have sto- do you have stories about airplanes? Do you like air travel? Do you travel a lot? My high club. Do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, tra- I remember when I was maybe three year old, fly- we used to fly, my my mum's sister used to live in England. Well, still does actually. Um, so we used to fly over there even when I was really young to visit. Um, and my mum's a really nervous flyer. Oh yeah, and I remember telling her not to worry because this is when we were up in the clouds. Remember telling her not to worry because if the plane crashes, we can just get another one. <laughs> uh-huh. And not not understanding the at all. While, oh, yeah, I, I just didn't get why this didn't help at all. The precociousness. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a great scene in Hook, um, which I recently watched. Oh, yeah, man. I know. I know. I'm timely, sorry. Timely. I know. I know. Um, uh, but where they're on the plane and the daughter uh, goes to Robin Williams and shows him the drawing. And it's like the plane's on fire. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, look what I made. And she, he's like, what? Why did you Why did you make that? He's like, she's like, it's this plane. It's this plane. And he's like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, look, there's Mommy and, and there's Jack and, and there's me. And they all have parachutes. And she's like, there's you. And he's just like at the bottom, like, no parachute. Too good. Yeah, Too good, yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not a nervous fly. Like, I don't have a problem with heights. I have a problem with edges. Oh, okay. So like, that'll be. Cliff, put that, I won't, put that I won't on your graves. I won't go within like two meters of the edge. Of but the cliff. I think that's kind of a, that's semantics, right? Because I don't right. have a problem being in like a hundred foot skyscraper, but being at the, at yeah. the window is an issue. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so on planes, I don't really have a problem. But there is, there's always that moment when we're taking off, or no, more when we're coming into land, where I'm like. Okay, we're low enough now that if something went wrong, we'd probably be okay. <laughs> so this segues into like one of my guiltiest schadenfreudes uh, that people Love might actually think uh, I'm a bad person for thinking it. But 
I, I've always loved flying. I didn't fly until late in life. I was a junior in college when I took well, my first flight. Yeah, later. And I mean, I guess it depends on when you die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, to me. Unless you're like 60 or something. <laughs> that doesn't really count. Yeah. Relatively late in my adult life, I started flying. Sure. I didn't fly until I was 20 years old. Okay, until adulthood, yeah. Right. Um, but I absolutely love being around nervous flyers. Oh, my God, dude. I, yeah. We're connecting right now, Vince. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a nervous I, flyer at all. I love it. It's like a flying hotel room. I love it. it there's nothing bad about it. You get drinks. What planes are you flying in? I take your first class, right? <laughs> well, no, well, he, well, of course, Vince, Vince comes from a, a very well-to-do family and has a private jet. No, it's more like what hotels am I staying in? <laughs> <laughs> you saw the, the motels I usually stay in, then you'd understand. Yeah. But basically, it's, it's a good time. I think it's a, it's a bonding experience for everyone on the flight. But I love when people are just beside themselves with anxiety um, during takeoff because flying is so safe as a, as a rule. Like, the the statistics back it up. And I mean, if, to know if that you're... they're going to experience this sort of, like, anxiety but come out of it okay kind of just gives me, I don't know, rubs me the right way. Right, but, I mean, you've just said that in a recorded thing. So if, I mean, I really hope it doesn't happen, but if you ever suffer... From a, you know, an air crash. Go home, Chris. I am kind of sad, though I will be. Um, You'll I'll laugh. Kind of find it funny. You'll also. laugh. Well, there will be a grim irony, and I hope. Yeah. I hope it's the way I go now. Yeah. At an old age, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. Wait, yeah, well, you and I, because I mean, it'll be many, many years until an old age. Um, we should go like charter like an old school plane that was around from the early 2000s and we'll yeah. just go crash it together. An old, an old, an old Malaysian Airlines one should do this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, hey, wow. hey. Timely. Hey, I have two things, two things. If there's any still around by then. It's, it is, <laughs> it's so, oh man. It's, it's funny for you, for me to hear you say that because I am like in a very sort of sadistic way. Like, uh, it's kind of, I think it was, it's born like, I'm so obsessed with like Chuck Palahniuk, like Fight Club author oh, yeah. um, stuff. And We're so like, yeah, so I'm, I'm really into that sort of style of stuff. And like he, uh, even in that particular book, the guy like, uh, the main character gets like sort of off to, to Lanny and taken off. And I swear it channeled right through me. Like I like start laughing when we're like coming in I and like, know. and I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, we could crash. <laughs> like things could go horribly wrong. How wild yeah. would that be? Oh man. And one, la- one other thought on that. And I told Vince, I told you this story, uh, when I was in Portland, right? That flight I took with the woman. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So, absolutely. So this was a great story. Very, really. I, I'll I'll tell the very quick version, which is basically. Um, so I had a uh, we we did some shows on the road recently, um, part of like a ten thousand mile series, and we were in Portland, and I had a layover from Dallas, and um, I like got on the plane, and I was supposed to have the window seat, and there was a Pay woman. For it. Yeah, I paid for the window seat. And there's a woman sitting in the seat. And I was like, you know, did the double take. And then I asked her, like, oh, like, do you prefer the window seat? Like, kind of like passive aggressive. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I do. And I was like. Just slapped it right back. Oh, okay. I, I, had, I had that the other day. I was on, I got the Eurostar over. Like, I'd never done it before. Just as a treat. Got myself the Eurostar from London <laughs> to Paris. Um, you know, the, it goes underneath the English oh, Channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'd kind of pre-booked a, a window seat. And got on. And there was this young girl sitting uh, at the window and I was like do I say something but I was like well I can't say anything because if I say something I'm going to sit beside her for the next two hours and be really <laughs> awkward right so this is Grant's same predicament 
<laughs> but how it unfolded well, was truly something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So, so in this in this situation, I was like, so I was honestly really kind of upset. And then I also had that same thought process of like, okay, well, if I do say something, then she's gonna be upset, and then I'm gonna be upset that she's upset, and it's just gonna be like shitty. No, no good and, will come. And, and I was like really, really angry for a moment, and then I was like. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Like, it's totally fine. Like, I'm going to be okay. Right. Whatever. And I'm not even going to say anything. Not that I'm, like, passive here, but I just, like, it's okay. And so I shut up, and I just get in the zone, do my work. And then, like, two hours into the flight, uh, we, you know, they come around for the drinks. And this lady ordered, and she tapped me on the shoulder. I was like, hey, uh, what do you want to drink? And I looked over, and she would ordered a Bailey's and coffee. Um, is Bailey's Irish? No, I'm just yeah. thinking of Irish. Oh, look yeah, at that. Hey, look Irish. at that. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we were supporting um, the Irish economy on the plane, and... Um, and, uh, anyway, she, um, she, I was like, wow, that was a great order. Cause I hadn't thought I would like never really think to order a Bailey's and coffee on the plane. I was like, I think I'm going to get one of those too. Like good work. And she's like, oh, well let me get it. And I was like, oh no. And she's like, no, no, I insist. And so, so then she tells the waitress, oh, and, uh, you know, he'll, I'll let me pay for his. He's getting one of those too. And, uh, the waitress or the stewardess or the flight attendant, whatever, uh, brings it over and uh, charges her and then gives her an extra Bailey's and is like, that's for being so sweet to this young man. Oh, and it was just like this beautiful thing, right? So we had this awesome moment. Suddenly the good vibes are just flowing. The good vibes were rolling. And it could have ended there and still been like just a cool little thing. But then because she had done that and then like later she like pours half of the extra Bailey's into my coffee and like we're just cheersing and it's like awesome. And then we start talking and she ends up like, because we were commenting and this is another airplane thing, about the ridiculousness of people standing up at the end of the flights and like filling the yeah. aisles and running. It's just like, we all recognize this is idiotic. Stop participating yeah. in this. Like, yeah. And uh, we were talking about that and that segued into a story about how her sister had died like a year and a half ago <sighs> and on a plane and how the people had all rushed forward and they were trying to get her off the plane, whatever. So it's sort of intense stuff. And she opens up about that and then opens up about how her brother died like, uh, six months later and so and this woman's probably mid 50s i would say upper sure. 50s and just opens up and ends up just crying and we end up like crying together and like ha share this like crazy intense like experience wow. and then like end up hugging and saying goodbye and it was just like fuck but i could have been a jerk yeah <laughs> if you had like got caught up in the petty bullshit of who gets the window seat yeah and, like caused a some people would say justifiable fuss about it. And I, yeah. yeah, and not to pat myself on the back, I just feel really lucky and happy yeah, that I didn't, exactly. you know. You near me. It's, it's like, it's like when you go to overtake a car at a corner, but then you don't, and then a bus comes around, you will go, whoa, that would have been, I would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like, like that exactly like that. Yeah. Like that in a way in which, like, we, there are a bunch of small decisions we can make over the course of a day. That yeah. can be needlessly selfish, but maybe even deservedly selfish. But we don't have to make them, and sometimes right. when we don't, you know. I well, here's the thing. Here's here's my here's my proposition. There is that they are selfish even to ourselves because I feel like mm. I'm not going to say that every oh, time yes. you like choose to like not get mad that like something cool is going to happen. But I will say like you can choose to not get mad, and like it will probably be better anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, cool can I chose to I yeah. chose to not get mad at the little French girl, and I mean. Oh, she is she, French, yeah. We didn't really get chatting. Well, no, actually, she needed to borrow my phone for something later on. Wow, so we she... had a pleasant enough interchange because her phone wasn't working, so I lent her mine because I had internet and, and she stuff. she ran but, off with it. And... I mean, we didn't we didn't end up crying in each other's arms. Um, but, <laughs> you know, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, well, something to shoot for. Well, no, it's a statistics game. That it's a one in ten occurrence. <laughs> yeah, so worst, if, if that happens ten good. times. Uh, well, were there any thoughts on airplanes you wanted to wrap us up with? Otherwise, we can, we're going to dive into some last thoughts. Uh, no, but you made me think of something else when you were talking about really bad hotels. Oh, nice. Um, yes. And if, if, if you're going off fare. topic, then I'm going to go even more off oh, topic. Oh, the off topic, off topic topic. Yeah. A classic yeah. ploy. Um, no, uh, I don't know if you have them over there. Well, I'm sure you have bad hotels over there, but <laughs> over here there's a hotel chain called Travel Lodge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. You know Travel Lodge? Oh, we know Travel Lodge. Yeah. Um, I love using Travel I don't know. It's, it might be a different Travel Lodge over there. I don't know. But What's the logo look like? Blue? It's navy blue? It, white tie? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like an adventure going because you know <laughs> it's dirt cheap and you know it's going to be scabby, but you don't know how. Because every the one level of, of different. scabbiness yeah, is you just, indeterminate. You just, you just don't know whether it's going to be. You're going to wake up in the morning and realize that you didn't close your blinds and you're two meters away from an office building that are looking right in at you. That wow. happened to me. <laughs> or that the uh, TV is going to not turn off or change channel. Oh. Or, <laughs> yeah, so that happened. We I remember I had, a, I had a TV in, in an Econo Lodge, which I think is the same holding company. Mm-hmm. With a makeshift ashtray burned into the TV casing, <laughs> believe Brilliant. that one time. Did you have a vibrating I got, I got bed a too, one. where you put the quarters in? <laughs> the best best I've ever had was we went well, so we went into this travel lodge. We got into a room, and you know they've got the side table with uh, tea and coffee and cups and stuff, and mm-hmm. a kettle. A um, kettle, if you will. Side side t- if you will. Uh, imagine this, if you will. Um, we will. This side table, and the kettle and the cups were all kind of positioned randomly on the table. It was kind of odd. Sure. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't all together. They were just kind of positioned. You know, they were clean and stuff. They were just positioned oddly. Just so. And then when we went to make a cup of tea, they'd been positioned to cover holes in the table, <laughs> <laughs> like proper. You know, right through, not dense holes in the wood. That's or in the chipboard. I mean, you sort of go. You look at that and you go. You know, that's. I want to shake the maid's hand. That is fantastic. Like, <laughs> that is genius. Talk There's about creativity. There's problem solving right there. Right. Oh, man. Well, good stories throughout. We laughed. We we reflected. Wait, I shed a tear. Yeah. He cried. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> Great off-topic topic, but let's jump back in for a segment we call Last Thoughts. And basically, we ask our guests to be kind enough to answer two questions for us to kind of wrap things up. On your time on the show, uh, they are in order. One, how can our listeners support you? And two, if you wanted those listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would that one thing be? Huh. Um. Okay. How can people support? Well, me? specifically, I mean, they could go to your website, right? That's always right. a well, good place to start. That's a start. There. I, was, I was gonna say, yeah. You can use the site, but more specifically, tell me what's rubbish with it, what's bad about it, what can be better. People say lots of nice things, but nice things don't help you make your product better. Weird. Um, <laughs> nice, nice, kind compliments and words. Oh, this is nice or whatever. That's you know, it's, it's, it's great for the ego, but useless for product development. Um, you know, and when people, I, I genuinely well, do could, love I mean, getting quite harsh, candid feedback. It, it still stings, like, but you kind of suck it up. And you need it in some respect. You need it, and it, it's always. I've learned you don't you don't take it personal either. Um, even when, 
I remember when we were developing Typecast, that which is an app for design with web fonts. Um, the there's one night on Twitter I saw a guy just completely losing his nut about the thing, <laughs> saying, saying it was so terrible, and he was ready to throw the computer out the window. Um, and I replied to him. And kind of did it in a very kind of measured human way. It was just, it was, like I did it friendly. I was a little bit passive aggressive in that I was being friendly when I knew he was angry. Yeah. Um, it was kind of Kill like. Kill him with kindness, my friend. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit of, you know, there's human beings on the other side here. But, you know, it was just, you know, how can I help, whatever. This guy turned out, I, I now know him pretty well and talk to him all the time. And he turned out to be like one of the biggest advocates of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you but converted a hater, my friend. Pretty much. But, but just people have, even if they give you kind of sloppy feedback, if they are having a bad experience, that's a signal something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a, that's really on point. And so in, in order, they should go to your, your website, which is nice.com, which is .co, .co, nice.co, .com was taken, .co, and then how do they get in touch with you if they want to give you scathing feedback? Send no compliments. Yeah, there's a contact thing in the side menu, or chris at nice.co, or hello at nice.co, or... Uh, at Armstrong on Twitter, Perfect. all of the above, nice. or my personal number. No, um, <laughs> no, yeah, we'll, my we'll home get, address. We'll yeah. give that. <laughs> no you one's going to come to Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, so that's that's a great way to. I think that's something that isn't said enough is if you want to support me, tell me how my thing can be better. Just don't totally. tell yeah. me nice things. Totally. Yeah, basically. Cool. Um, second answer, the second question was... If, if you uh, wanted our guests or our listeners, I mean, to take one thing away from your time on the show, what what would it be? Um, I don't know if this is anything I've actually touched on, but um, I've learned that, personally, I've learned that nobody knows what they're doing. Maybe you guys do. I don't know. We confirmed um, do not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone is making it up as they go. Um, and I found that it's better to quit waiting around for, you know, the perfect idea or whatever. Just flip and build stuff. Stick it out there. Ship um, it, would you say? <laughs> I mean, this, this, yeah, what you're saying it. is like our, our mantra. It's our whole reason for existing. Funny story, actually. So... Nice. I built. I shipped two things in two weeks. One of them was nice. The first one was. Uh, I think it's still online. Um, yo mama dot so. Yo oh mama yeah, I think so. I think I've looked at this. Yo mama dot so. It was like a, the joke generator. Yeah, I, I literally just I uh, got a bunch of yo mama jokes. <laughs> I, it was it was entirely based on you know the dot so domain coming out, and I thought, well, <laughs> someone has to do it. <laughs> so I did it. But the the thing is that I literally, I mean, when I get an idea for something, like I said, I get 20, you know, maybe get 20 ideas a day or yeah. whatever. Most of them are rubbish, but I just don't know which ones are which. I have no way <laughs> of knowing what is going to resonate with people and so be useful well to people. So you might all of them, right? Right. Well, I mean, I literally, I mean, both of you, Mama Dot So and Nice, as far as I was concerned, they were both fantastic ideas. Um, well, no. <laughs> But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was well, there was good. You know, at the time, I was really ex- I was equally as excited about both of them. Yeah. In hindsight, I mean, sure, the the thing that's actually useful to people turns out to be a bit better. But for all I knew, you know, it could have been your mama.so that just that was your life. Off and, right. <laughs> 
you just don't know until you build something and just stick it out there and see. Well, that's like, that's, I mean, 100% hands in the air, agree. You can theory craft and ideate all you want, but until you start doing it, you never know how it's going to flesh out. Yeah. So if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. And it's something we've echoed a hundred times on the show, and I think you've stated it in, in a good way. Here, here's, here's, here's an answer to that that kind of tie, you know, goes in line with the theme of the show. Ideas aren't all that important. Yeah. The, you know, the, it's, it, it's not about having that big idea. So the whole idea of, you know, or the whole complaint about, oh, you're just stealing other people's ideas. If all you're doing is taking ideas, you're rubbish anyway. Like yeah. there's, there's so much more work to be done beyond that. Once you have an idea and in the execution that, yeah, the idea is just a starting point. Totally. And, and to jump from there, I guess my last thoughts on this whole topic is that you, you, you know, we talk about looking at, at the old stuff and, and I look for inspiration constantly and, and I am so, so, so with you in that like execution is everything and ideas are cheap. I don't want to like downplay the sense of idealism that I think is necessary to like power you through some stuff and have some vision for things. Sure. But, but what I find is that the people I know who have the best ideas and the people I know who get ideas made also think of it with a production sort of mindset, with an execution yeah. mindset. And the more you know about that stuff, the more you can sort of factor that in to a degree. I don't mean don't think big and don't think broad and don't whatever, but but at the end of the day, you got to make this stuff and or you got to find yeah. a way to make this stuff. And if yeah. you really want to be somebody who is a doer and not just not just a thinker, and I think that's kind of who who we strive to be at least, yeah. the more you know about your craft and the more really that you can pull passionate, yeah. talented people around you um, you know, the better you're going to be off. And, and I guess as far as just like, you know, inspiration and, and remixing, you know, at the end of the day, what's way more satisfying to me. And honestly, I look back at some of my early work and holy fuck and pardon yeah. my language, but like, yeah. holy fuck, some of this was so ripped off. And I like, didn't, I was naive. I didn't know. I looked at like, uh, I looked at a logo I'd done like, like four years ago and I was like, oh my God, that's just a Milton Glazer, like complete rip. Like, what was right. I thinking? Right. But, but. But like that's where you start, and that's where I think you lead into just developing craft and developing taste. And yeah. and at the end of the day, what's most satisfying to me is to know that like I have worked through my inspirations and worked through my sources, but I've come up with something that is unique to me or that is original or that is in my own voice. And there, honestly, man, there's yeah. like something so like satisfying to that. Like it's not worth it's not worth plagiarizing. It's not worth doing the other stuff right. because that high that you get from that is but amazing. It's For it's sure. it's the, it's those ideas that you get there's a lot of ideas to be had when you're crafting something, when you're that close to it, when you're in the process of executing on whatever big idea you're working through. It's the little ideas along the way mm -hmm. that really bring a lot of the value, I think anyway, um, and bring a lot of the, I don't know, the, the things that people love about products. I think more often than not, the, those little touches, you know, that I really enjoy 100%. the je ne sais quoi sort of you, you have hey listen, actually I wanted to comment on this. I don't remember where I experienced this, but you had a touch that I like loved about nice. It was something like, did you have like a dialogue box that opens or something or like it was, it was, there was like a little like kind of uh, kitschy kind of, not kitschy kind of like fun little message. There's a, there's a few things we've done that I like sort of uh, Easter egg. Cause I, yeah, I love Easter eggs. I, I basically want to design games ever since I was like 10. Whoa. Um, and just keep getting distracted by other stuff because, you know, building an app is easier. 
Um, yeah. But, but I, like, I remember SimCity uh, 2000, I think it was the one I played. You know, the loading screen had the reticulating splines and, you know, just this oh, nonsense course, loading yeah. messages. I just, I love, I always loved that. And when I was doing a sign-in box, it's, yeah. this is the example I was going to use, even about just putting those little little touches of creativity. I was building the sign-in page for, or sign-up page for Typecast. Um, so I was designing it and building it, which was rare. Usually, you know, we'd hand stuff over to developers. But because I was building it, I was able to slip in just a ton of stuff. Like I had, like you know, one of those little random message generator style things for the loading. Um, I, I think I'm, I got a command and conquer reference in there somewhere. <laughs> when, oh yeah, when, when you when you rolled over sign in, it said welcome back, commander. Um, <laughs> And I somehow managed to get a Simon Garfunkel song. It's just one <laughs> of the so random. What is this? But it's it's references inserted into something of your own design, which heightens the entire thing. It's human. And it's that's it's what we're little talking human about, touches. Man. And like, I, I I love. To me, that's our equivalent. You know, the digital equivalent of craftsmanship. You know, is yeah. is of having those little signature things no, you can put in that. That are for yourself, and, and I think that like I know of a friend that's a logo designer, um, Richard Weston, really smart guy, um, and he he talks about you know on every project, yes, you're it's your job as a designer to to meet the brief, but within that kind of scope of meeting the brief, there's room for you to have something in it that's just for you, <laughs> you know, whatever the project is. There's room for you to bring something that's just a little bit of yourself into it. And I think for me, you know, when it comes to product design, I kind of feel like that's my way of creating something that people can't rip off. Because if I'm if if what I'm creating is something that inherently has a lot of me in it or my personality or whatever, then that's something that someone can't just rip off. If if it embodies if they try, your it won't feel genuine and then it yeah. just won't be good. They can they can they can do something that embodies their personality and that's that's absolutely well, fine. The, this was like a beautiful way I think to wrap things up. But I will say, uh, uh, do you know Mikey Burton, the illustrator? No. Oh, he's really great work. You should check him out. We'll show notes him. Yeah, definitely. But uh, he was I was talking to him at Design Camp uh, about a year ago, and he was showing me some illustrations that he had done for like Wired or New York Times or something. And like he zoomed in, and they were just like penises hidden in all these illustrations yeah. and that was Brilliant. his way of subverting the system and putting his own mark Brilliant. on it there Cla- you have it man classic yeah <laughs> just classic so i guess to our listeners look for the hidden penises on nice.co yeah. look for the hidden penises within yourself within yourself within your life <laughs> yeah. and on that note <laughs> hey, hey chris you said it's so great before could we get you i mean it's so in in your ethos and in ours to ship it could we just get you to to give our listeners a good old ship it say again sir Sorry, my accent wasn't reading. Yeah, no, it's, it's just you're not really articulating and enunciating your words. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. Could I just have you uh, sign us off with a ship it? Ship it. Nice, understanding. Thank you, man. Cool, thank you hey, so much. Have a good night over there. Get some and, sleep. And take it easy. Okay.